Hello and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Gossip and the Gospel, a message from Pastor Aslani. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 and verse 13. If you're ready, say ready. Awesome. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this? We move down to verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Uh, I want to speak to you tonight preemptively about something that creeps in and squashes revival when revival breaks out in a church. And I don't know if you've realized it yet, and I will give you the stats here in a few moments, but revival has already started here at Greater Faith Apostolic Church. Amen. I want to speak to you for the next few moments about gossip and the gospel. Gossip and the gospel. Can we pray together? Jesus, we love you, Lord. We're so thankful to be in your house with your people. Thankful for your word. Thankful for every kingdom strategy that you give to us. Thankful, Lord God, that your word reproves, rebukes, and exhorts. I pray tonight, God, that we would be edified in this. Lord, that we would be strengthened in this. Lord, and we would leave here with a boldness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Please remind me to, at the close of service, to uh, announce the memorial service for Paul Burton. I want to give you all the details of that once we dismiss. That way you guys can write it down in case anybody needs it. How many of you has known or does know somebody that has ever left church because of words. Somebody said something to them. Somebody said something about them. Somebody said something about somebody else to them. And now, because of words, they are MIA. They are missing in action. Church family, there is power in your words. Proverbs 11 and 19 says, A hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Here we have 
a completely two completely different viewpoints about the power of the tongue. It can be a destroyer or it can be a tree of life in somebody's life. And I want to look at that word in Proverbs 15. It says perverseness, but perverseness therein in the tongue is a breach in the spirit. Perverseness is not necessarily vulgar or off color words, but rather perverseness in its truest form or definition is when something is not whole or not being used for its intended purpose. God gave you the ability to speak for a purpose. And when you speak out of purpose, it causes a breach or a separation in the spirit. God's got a purpose for your words. Mm, hallelujah. Your words impact unity and unity is necessary. Somebody say it's necessary. It is necessary for revival. Mm. Ooh, hallelujah. In the country of Ethiopia, uh, about 15 or 20 years ago, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the largest recorded outpouring of the Holy Ghost that has ever happened, happened in Ethiopia about 15 or 20 years ago, and over a hundred thousand people received the gift of the Holy Ghost in one service. There were over 200,000 people gathered in fields across Ethiopia. They had lights like these pole lights that went back. You could not see the end of the crowd. And they had probably three or 4,000 ministers spread throughout the crowd. They had the crowd broken into segments so they knew how to count the people. And they had this Holy Ghost crusade in Ethiopia and God poured out his spirit and they, they counted it by section. And at the end of the night, they had over 100,000 people confirmed that received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's the, that's the conservative number. 100,000 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost in that service. Now, this is why I'm mentioning this. Because people were asked, how did this happen? How was this achieved? How do you guys pray for revival in Ethiopia? And Brother Teclamarian, who has gone on to be with the Lord, who was a big part of that crusade, and he was partnered with Brother Billy Cole at the time, he said, we don't pray for revival. We pray for unity. Hallelujah. We pray for unity. And guess what? That revival went on for several years until disunity crept into the leadership and revival stopped. Unity in the church matters because unity is necessary for revival. What is gossip? In modern English, it is defined this way, to talk about the affairs of others. But the Bible has a different word for gossip. The Bible actually has a few words for gossip. One is 
talebearer, one is busybody, and one is whisperer. The Greek word, which I'm not going to attempt to say to you tonight. I've tr I tried it several times today in my office, and I just can't get it out. I'm afraid of what will come out if I try. So, But there is a Greek word for gossip, and it means hiss whisperer. Let that pause for effect, right? Let's look at the word talebearer. Proverbs 11.13 says this, A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. That word talebearer translated in the original language means to walk about to lead, bring, lead away, carry, or cause to walk. Now, this is powerful. We all know that a gossip or that gossip talks about other people's business, right? Here's something I didn't learn until today. But the Bible says a talebearer, a gossip, doesn't just talk about other people's business, but it leads people away by talking about other people's business. It brings or causes, their talk causes people to walk, which is why everybody in this room knows somebody who isn't here because of words, because the wrong words will cause somebody to walk away. You're way quieter on me than normal tonight. Mm. Uh-oh, pull your toes in, hallelujah. <laughs> Our willingness to gossip could lead somebody astray. Now, where did gossip come from? Gossip started in the garden. The serpent called God's words, intentions, and actions into question when he asked Eve, hath God said? When you have rehearsed somebody else's story, or something that happened in somebody else's life, or you heard somebody else doing it, what happened? Their character was called into question. Their judgment was called into question. Their intentions were called into question. That's exactly what the serpent did in the garden. He started gossip by calling God's words into question. Mm. Praise God. Gossip starts when we when something or someone is called into question by a party without the delegated authority to speak or judge the situation. We make ourselves the judge when we step into the arena of gossip. You know why? Because every one of us have done it. 
Nobody wants to admit it, but it's the truth. Every one of us has done it. Every one of us has has been a part of a conversation about somebody else's affairs or business or something that is going on in somebody else's life where we participated in a conversation that we were not authorized to judge or speak into. Come on. It won't change unless you own it. It won't change unless I own it. And I'm telling you, it feels tight in here. I'm going to tell you why. Because this is not a light thing. I'm stepping into a culture. Are you hearing the preacher tonight? Let me say, are you hearing your pastor tonight? I'm stepping in. I'm wading into a culture. And I am saying to you, this has to change for us to move forward. We cannot afford casualties because of loose words. Have you ever heard someone say that there are two sides to every story? Everyone's scared to answer anything tonight. Some people have a PhD in gossip. They are smart enough, or so they think, to get both sides of the story before they recount what happened. You ever been in that conversation? Well, first I talked to him, and then I talked to her. So I'm objective. Let me give you both sides of the story. That's a professional gossip. But there's one huge problem with that. There are more than two sides to a story. There's your side, there's their side, and then there's God's side. And when gossip occurs, one of those three sides is always absent. When the serpent questioned God, he sat in the seat of God and became the voice for his side. His side is the only side that is qualified to discern and judge a situation. And when I step into the realm of a gossip, I'm saying, God, I have the qualifications to judge what only you can discern. All right, I'm just going to keep moving forward. I want to get through this just as much as you want me to. When gossip happens, one of those three sides is always absent. The Lord told Jeremiah in chapter 17 that only God can search the heart, test the mind, and the intentions. He told Samuel in 1 Chronicles chapter 28 that only the Lord searches and understands the heart and the imaginations of man. When I gossip, I am speaking for God instead of letting God speak for himself. That's what the serpent did in the garden. He spoke for God. This is why Paul, when rebuking gossip in 1 Timothy chapter 5, he said, So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, 
manage their households and pay attention to this last part is where I want you to focus and give the adversary no occasion for slander for some have already strayed after Satan. What are we pulling out of that? When I am not serving, when I don't know my place in the kingdom, when I am idle in the things of God, things like gossip creep into my life. Mm. Hallelujah. Paul goes as far to equate gossip, slander, tailbearing, to straying. Remember, gossip leads us to straying after Satan. And that's heavy. That's, that's not a light thing. When I read this, I thought I had to repent. I thought, my God, how many times have I thought I was innocent because I, I was not a contributor with my tongue? And God said, but you were a contributor with your ears. And here's the connection. Here's why the connection to gossip is so heavy and serious to God. Psalm 34 and 13 says, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Guile means to cast out deceit, to miss, not to cast it out like get rid of it, but like cast it out like bait, like you're offering deceit, to mislead, to subtly trick and betray. You guys remember we read that word subtly already once today. The serpent using incomplete information, which is the only thing, here's what we got to understand. Incomplete information is the only thing we have, which is why we never step into gossip because we will never have all three sides of the story. The serpent using incomplete information, using partially true words, the serpent incapable of knowing the full truth because he does not have the power to search and understand the heart of man. That precedent's already been set. Spoke on behalf of God and subtly misled and deceived Eve, causing her to stray after him instead of following God. Gossip beguiled Eve and led her into sin. When we gossip, when we reveal what we think we know, when we talk about the affairs of others, we speak without the capacity to know God's side or objective, and we speak subtly and cause others to go astray. God cares about our words. What we say has weight. You guys feel the weight of this lesson here tonight. It's heavy in this room. We will walk about in what we talk about. The Bible is filled with verses about our mouth, our speech, our words, our speaking. Proverbs 18 and 8 says, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Titus chapter three, verses two through four says, 
to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. That's how he wants us to speak. For we, this is why, right? For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. I cannot gossip about you because I have no right. I have no authority. And I certainly do not have a history that would back me up to stand in a place of judgment about something that happens in your life. Only God can do that. Mm. We need to show people the same mercy, the same courtesy, the same gentleness that God showed to us. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Our environment will produce what we are talking about. Proverbs 21 and 23 says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. You will discover that most of the time it's better to say nothing than to just say something not knowing what you're saying. I have saved myself from many a trouble by just learning that sometimes it's better to restrain than to speak up. James 3.10 says, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Right there is an indication that God's got a purpose for our mouth. You, oh my God, TJ, you got the power to bless somebody with your words. Brandon, you have the power to bless somebody with your words. Benita, you can bless somebody with your words. Luke, you can bless somebody with your words. But just like you can bless them, you can also curse them. And it ought not be. I want to bless you in Jesus' name. Proverbs 6 and 2 says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Have you ever seen somebody with a loose tongue who's not cautious with their words, who just says anything in front of everybody? What happens, right? What's the colloquialism we use? Give enough somebody enough rope, they'll hang themselves. People do that with their words all the time. We must guard our mouth. It was words. Listen to this. This is powerful. It was words. It was murmuring, complaining, gossiping. It was words against the man of God, against Moses. It was words that were spoken against him that caused the nation of Israel to die in the wilderness instead of live in promise. You can change your destiny with the words that you speak. Hallelujah. And not just that. It was the words of a disgruntled people that caused Moses, and this is a Bible phrase, to speak unadvisedly with his lips. He became so provoked by the words that he said things he should not have said, and it cost him dearly. Greater faith, 
the first word I ever spoke to you as your pastor, well, it was the second one, was entitled, It's Time for a New Narrative. I'm here today to do a little narrative maintenance because God is already giving us increase. Since May the 7th, Brother Terry, we have already had six people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we are baptizing two people tonight. Hallelujah. And I want all six of those people and these two people tonight to come to a church where words are not used in war against them, but words are used to bless them and they are for them. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Woo. Ha. Greater faith, I charge you in the Holy Ghost uh, that the narrative of this church body will be revival. It will not be gossip. Uh, it will be restoration. It will be reconciliation. And it will be healing in the land. Uh, we don't have time for gossip. Uh, we cannot make room for tail bearing. Uh, we can't concede space in our conversation for slander of a brother and sister. When revival started in Acts 2 and 1, they were all in one accord. Uh, that's how we are right now and that's how we need to stay. When the people of Babel defied God and began to build a tower. Does everybody know that story, the Tower of Babel? The Tower of Babel, a group of people came together to build a tower up to heaven in defiance of God. And they were succeeding. They were succeeding. And God himself knew that if they remain in unity, they will succeed in something that I don't want them to do. So God, this is so powerful, God had to interfere with the unity of the adversary in order to foil the plan of the enemy. That's why the enemy's most effective tool against the church, it's not temptation, it's not bondage, it's not sin, it's our own words. How many times do we supplant ourselves by not setting a watch about our lips? Hallelujah. The number one way revival is ruined is when we stop speaking the same language. When when my opinion is more important than what God is doing, God will stop doing what he's doing. Mm. I'm going to say that again. When my opinion, I want you to point to yourself. When my opinion is more important than what God is doing, God will stop doing what he's doing. It happened over and over and over again in the scripture. You know why? Because for him to be God in your life, it must be voluntary for you. And when I exalt my opinion 
above the narrative of the kingdom. I'm saying, God, my opinion sits higher than you sit in my life. We all have a choice. Will I propagate the gospel or will I promote slander? Will I promote his truth or will I push my opinion? Will I share his word or will I speak my ways? Every week, your pastor prays these prayers. I ask God, God, help me not to speak unadvisedly with my lips. And don't let my mouth be a snare. I love what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, verses 29 through 32. My kids aren't here, but you put them on the spot on Sunday and ask them what Ephesians 4, 29 says. They've heard that preached in our house more than anything else. They probably know that better in Acts 2, 38. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know what that word corrupt is? It means not whole, not fit for use, not for its intended purpose. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good. The gospel is the good news. It's whole. It's complete. It's edifying to the use of edifying. It builds up. It doesn't tear down. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. This is so serious. God cares very much about our words. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The gossip and the gospel. And I'm, I'm going to try to wrap this up. I know I'm going longer than I usually do, but please stay with me. Give me just a few more minutes. The gossip and the gospel were not intended to coexist. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power. This power gives the spirit of God authority over your words. You shall receive power. You have a choice on who is authorized to speak on your behalf. Are you going to speak in the flesh or are you going to speak in the spirit? Is it going to be the fruit of the spirit or the works of the flesh? You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Your words are a witness to who is in charge in your life. Nothing will ruin your witness faster than telling somebody about Jesus and then telling somebody else's business. You can't promote the gospel and pull down your brother at the same time. You ought not to speak the good news and then follow it up with fake news. But pastor, I know it's true. It's not fake. I know that's real. Until you know God's side and have been authorized by him to speak for him, it's fake news. <laughs> I was hoping that would lighten it up a little bit. Gossip belongs in the country club, not in the church.
Gossip is not relegated to geography. It's part of an identity. I can't be a soul winner and a gossiper. I can't tell you about Jesus and then badmouth his bride. Jesus, bridle my tongue. Lord, help me not to speak blessing and cursing. Greater faith, things will not always be perfect and people will not always do things right and people will make mistakes. But Proverbs says, he that covereth a transgression seeketh love and he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. We have been commissioned to spread the good news, not the bad news. I say we pursue love. What do you say? Hallelujah. If you have a question, a concern, a problem, an issue, you've heard something that you need straightened out, and this is instruction from your pastor. There are only two places you should take it. Number one is the altar. 99% of word problems can be resolved by spending time right here. The altar is not a tourist attraction. This is where things come to die. Well, pastor, I need to vent. That's man's wisdom. The problem with venting is it puts oxygen back into something that needs to die. The more you talk about it, the more you keep it alive. I've had people tell me I can't. I can't forgive. I can't release this person. I've had this issue I've gone through. I can't get over it. Stop talking about it. If you need to talk about it, talk about it right here. Because every time you talk about it with him, he takes more of it from you to release you from it. The more you talk about it with somebody else, the more you're just keeping that alive. You're not putting it on them. You're just putting life back into that issue in your life. I'm telling this is Holy Ghost instruction. I hope you're hearing me tonight because I believe in this room right now, this is not my notes, but I believe in this room right now, there are long time wounds that people have tried to heal from and you couldn't get over it and you talk about it and you rehearse it and you play it over and over in your mind. I'm telling you where you need to take it. You need to take it right here. And the next time it comes up in your spirit, take it here again, bring it here again, bring it here again. And eventually, my God have mercy, there will come a day in your life where you walk in and you see that person and that old ugly feeling doesn't come up anymore, but you feel love and you feel mercy and you feel forgiveness. Why? What happened? God took that from you because every time you brought it to him, he took another piece of that grievance, another piece of that wound, another piece of that brokenness from you because you brought it to the right place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to just uh, finish up here. I'm going to invite you to stand. I don't want you encumbered with whispers because you are commissioned to be a disciple maker. And whispers don't make disciples. Whispers hang disciples. Just ask Judas. Romans 10 verses 14 to 15 says this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? 
And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So, Pastor, what do we talk about? Talk about Jesus. Talk about your testimony. Tell people about your story. The Apostle Paul won entire cities to God by telling them his conversion story. One day I was walking down the road to Damascus and a light shone from heaven and I fell to my knees and I lost my sight. You tell people your Damascus road story. That's what you talk about. That's why we're reading that Bible playing together. You tell them about what God's been talking to you about. Tell them about what you've been praying about. Tell them what God's been revealing to you in his word. Tell them about the great things that God has been doing in our church. Tell them about the advancement of the king. You got a lot to talk about. You don't need to talk about other people's business. Talk about God's business. There is limitless stuff to talk about in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost in the name. I will preach 10 minutes on the name of Jesus right now. Baptizing them in the... There it is. Come on now. Teaching them to observe all things where whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Talk about that. Talk about salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Gossip will steal your boldness. But when you start talking about the things of God, it'll be your natural reaction to talk about the gospel. If gossip is simply talking about the affairs of others, as Webster defines then talk about Jesus, talk about what he's done, talk about what he's doing, talk about what he's going to do, gossip about the gospel. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.